0: (laughs) What was the countdown for? Just to start recording. (laughs) Okay.
1: We don't got to count it down when we're in the same room. We don't? Yeah, you do. No, because that was for when, so we could hit record at the same time. Remember we was recording both hands?
2: Nah, they do that shit in the studios.
1: If
2: we' about to hit a harmony, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. This is, like, man, we, we, man, we doing music numbers with this podcast thing, man. We about to be rock stars with it, so we gotta, like, you know what I'm saying? What five foot seven eight? Yeah, we got to, Yeah, we got six seven eight. We got to put some cowbell in this motherfucker. More
0: cowbell.
2: More cowbell. Oh,
1: sir. you you just
2: press the button, bro. I oh, mean, we got to be the Drakes of this shit, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm Drake and you 40. That's how we doing this, man. You know, you, all, you on FMLA, you all sick <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> My FMLA is for mental distress from dealing with niggas like that. <laughs>
2: hey, man, I'm a genius, man. <laughs> so
1: you, you come
2: down and press the button. <laughs> yeah, man, so... Yeah, you back with another episode of Anthropogy where we mind and mind culture. It's the Silk Man. Uh, Silk Man Poppy, the Silk God, Big Silk Money, the light-skinned Drake out here as usual with my compadre as always.
1: What up? This the boy Louie Newton, that East Side dude, Lou. Lulu Haka Show back on my animation, bruh. Still in the game.
2: Yeah, so we like we giving you the uh, season two Atlanta recaps. Uh, Season three is coming now. They're saying March 25th. Uh, This episode, we're talking about champagne poppy. And, you know, immediately you hear the term champagne poppy, you know what that's about. Because going back to, we started doing these recaps in 2018. Uh, we finish it up in two thousand twenty-one. Um, this episode aired April eighteenth, two thousand twenty-one, and Drake is as big as he was, if not bigger.
1: Yeah, probably on, bigger
2: on December thirtieth of two thousand
1: twenty-one. So, <laughs> mm.
2: but so we want to start this episode by giving you the the synopsis of the the episode via sh- uh, Wikipedia. So uh, this is episode 17, uh, which is season two, episode seven. On New Year's Eve, Van and her friends Candace, Adrian, Ray, Tammy, Daniel Deadweiler, and Nadine, Gail Bean. Hey, Nadine, Gail Bean, holler at me. Head for a party at a mansion hosted by Drake. Candace looks to spend a party with a boyfriend named DJ and Van wants a photo with Drake to spike up her Instagram. Upon arriving, the ladies meet DJ and take marijuana-infused gummies, sans Candace. But Nadine reacts badly to hers and ends up separated from Van and by a pool speaking with Darius, who was invited to the party because he knows Drake's personal chef. While Van looks for Nadine and Drake throughout the mansion, she stumbles upon a television-lit room with an elderly Spanish-speaking man, Carlos Guerrero, who claims to be Drake's grandfather, and learns that Drake is currently on tour in Europe. She also learns that people are actually just posing with cardboard cutouts of Drake. Van and Tammy then find Nadine and Darius, where they all learn that Candace left with D with DJ to go to T-Pain's New Year's Eve party, and people are being kicked out of the house. The next morning, as the four walk back home, Van has an epiphany that Drake must be Mexican. <laughs> The episode briefly touches upon feminine beauty ideal and some negative effects of social media. The Bostrom simulation argument is also mentioned. Part of this episode is later interpolated in the song In My Feelings by Drake from the album Scorpion. So as I was saying, right, um, the backdrop of this show is Champagne Poppy, aka Drake. Which? Wait,
1: well, hold on, hold on. Before we get too far into it, like let, let, let's get a shot real quick. We gotta toast it up, bro. It's New Year, uh, and I just got that tequila. Like this, what is this? Uh, Prospero Tequila Blanco. Like, and, and this is supposed to be a real good tequila, or whatever. Like, right. they, um, it's like Patron, down Julio level. Like, I want to try something different. So, see what, see what it's like. All right.
2: That's what's up. I was uh, I was gonna go to Tulum, but I guess I just have a shot here in the D of of something that's not Patron. <laughs> right. So I'll, at least I'll feel like I'm in Tulum because I'm not in cause I'm not drinking Patron.
1: Yeah, but shit. Luckily, you didn't. Like as many flights as they canceling. Yeah. So, well, we toast to bro. Uh fuck it. To the ladder, like we talk about simulations in this episode, like ain't nothing real except the grind, man, like the destination ain't it, because there is no destination, we steadily climbing to higher fucking altitudes, doing better, falling in love with the process, so to the ladder, to the process. To
2: the ladder, to the process. Everything you ain't, is real. If you ain't moving forward, you're moving backwards, because you can't stand still in life, you gotta keep moving, so... That's
1: good. Yeah, yeah that, that's,
2: that's good. <laughs> we could have left it what I said. <laughs> no, nah, I was. That wasn't me to toasted. I wasn't toasting. I was just, you know,
0: <laughs> no, saying you,
2: part you, of. You, but yeah, back to this episode of uh, one person that hasn't, you know, stayed, you know, with <laughs> time good. is is uh, yeah, Champagne Poppy Drake is somebody that, like we mentioned, is was the biggest star then and is the biggest star as we're having this episode, and it's it's really timely that we're doing this episode, the date that we're doing it, which is. New Year's Eve, which is when this episode was themed actually, it was what took place is on New Year's Eve. So right. and
1: um, I had all type of plans and like then this is the Omarion hit <laughs> She did it all man.
2: So yeah, when when you think about New Year's Eve, you know, that's the the tail end, that's the end of the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um especially like for like Capricorns like me. Birthday is after the fact. You're okay. an afterthought. But that's like the last round of holidays. It's the most hopeful holiday. It's where mm-hmm.
1: everybody want to you know, a, a new
2: year, new me, new year resolutions.
1: What you do on this day, people feel like dictates how you're going to live your best year. So they want to bring the year in in the same state that they want to live in in the next year. Like mm-hmm. With the show, you got... Uh, you got um, what's her name? Um, Van. We got Van, who's into it with Earn. Like, so she's trying to move forward and have a bit of her own life, like a little bit of autonomy. Like, and I'm gonna go out with my girls. It starts out with a social in- social media influence, like one of her girls. Oh yeah, my lip gloss. I got it from here. It's popping. Like, you use my use my link or whatever. You get a discount. Blah blah blah. So it starts out through the lens of social media. And you get this like uh desperation for the the group of friends to try to do something big, do something memorable, like, but not for themselves to actually have a good time, but like something to whether it's rubbing somebody's face or whether it's uh to expand their own horizon or like it, it but it's kind of it is kind of a simulation they're oh, yeah. going through the motions so
2: yeah i know you you mentioned you know the idea of like like this feeling of of desperation mm-hmm. um like you know when i think of that the, like superstition kind of comes to my mind of like when you mention like how you do this night dictates exactly how the rest of you know how your year is going to go you know everyone has the superstitions around you know
1: last person who walks in the house gotta have some money in their pocket
2: yeah or like the something they you know beans, but, eat, you gotta eat beans yeah, you gotta eat beans and green you know collard greens or something like that um so part of that is like yeah i'm at this big party like i want to bring that energy into the new, yep. you know, or I want to be seen as that person that has that energy. So, uh-huh. or I want to be seen as somebody that's important or I got a certain amount of followers. Cause I'm sure that's a resolution, for
1: definitely, me. Definitely.
2: you know? So that's, that's how the episode starts. Right, it, it, so it's
1: that and what we'll do, what, what people will do the lengths they will travel to get
2: to it. Exactly. Cause you know, for instance, in this episode, you know, a lot of women, and this is like—I know, granted, this episode is 2018. This is dated. I think this is before the Me Too movement it was before yeah. So, yeah. but they go from—you know—they're being—they're in the—they're in their—the uh, apartment, you know, you know, getting ready, So they get into this nondescript van. They don't know mm-hmm. where it's going, <laughs> and it, it, to the point where the bus driver even says, makes a creepy joke, it's like, "Ooh, I'm taking all y'all with me." Right, And they can't say shit, exactly. you know, because that's the list that they're willing to go to be seen as somebody that either has it or or successful or, you
1: know, is the, in the, in the, end the, end the crowd right. enough to be at the same party that Drake's at in so, his house. And it's and it's, um you know, this is
2: a, you know, another. So. What I love about Atlanta is they will leave you, you know, they'll have a situation, and then the next episode is a completely different direction,
0: Mm -hmm. but
2: still keeping tabs on that thread uh, of of what was happening before. So this episode is a continuation of Helen. So, like you had mentioned, Van and um, and uh, uh, you know, they're on the out. So she needs something on Instagram, and even to that point, went so you know, even to that point. When she's going through her Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, she sees a picture of Ern, you know, or video of Ern enjoying his life, not thinking about her. So sure. that puts even more pressure on her, which we'll see what limp she goes through in this episode um, at that at that mansion.
1: And it, it's kind of uh, ironic, like when you said the, the effort and the limp she's going through, because she says, "Okay, no, we're, I'm gonna relax and it's gonna be a good." Like you're putting all this effort into trying to relax, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of funny. So, but, uh, yeah, so we we fast forward. They uh, get to the party, and um, one of the friends who drinks and smoke, or who doesn't drink and smoke, right? it, it, it's the, the goody
2: two-shoes. Yeah, one. my queen of B, Nate Dean,
1: Gail
2: Bean. I think she's on Snowfall.
1: Yeah, she's Leroy's, uh, well, a uh, girl who turned into the crackhead on uh snowfall. Right. I think she cleaned herself up though, didn't she?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh the, this newer season mm-hmm. she was she was at the she was she cleaned herself up yeah right yeah yep, but yeah yep, it was
1: man. her so she ended up ends up taking an edible and they kind of peer pressure her into it or whatever and she's freaking out like so you got that going and Van is kind of trying to babysit her but she ends up disappearing and she's gone, so she's looking for her and ends up bumping into this guy. And it's not just the sense of desperation from the, the females from their group of friends. You also see it on from the men's angle. Like this guy, he starts out nice and slowly starts to come come off a bit more. Um, I don't want to say like. Uh, Anything necessarily bad, but like just the guy who buys you a drink and think he's attached to he's right. attached at your hip yeah, for the exactly. rest of the night. Like, like
2: that's that's desperation right there. That's attitude of scarcity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um.
2: So yeah, and it, it's and it, it, the irony of it is women. You know, they they it's a tightrope with women. They want a man that's you know not a dog or not disrespectful, but then also they want someone who. Gives them their space. And a lot of men have a tough time trying to navigate that, especially when you first meet somebody. So he's right. just meeting this girl. He probably thinks "Oh, she's beautiful, which, you know, she's an attractive woman. Um, here's an opportunity. But um, he's all like, you know, she's at the bath. She, she asked him, how'd you get here or how long you've been here? Who you with? And he's like, oh, I'm just here by myself. Uh, you know you don't have any friends here <laughs> right uh you my friend so you already like you think he's like flirting and oh, oh you're so adorable but no you look creepy bro like <laughs> right. you can't be out here like that you gotta like the women want to act like you know what i'm learning being single out here again you know you can't be all on the women. You can't they gotta be sending you the good morning text. This nigga was the he was the, the sentient version of a good morning text every 15 minutes <laughs> after one phone call <laughs> the next day. He's telling her good morning, telling everything, mm-hmm. and like you set a date with a woman, don't be like, oh, I'm still excited about our date. Count down <laughs> to our date. You just gotta let that shit lay. So this this dude over here is like. He's the sentient version of that and everything, you know, you don't want to be.
1: Good morning, my lady. Right. Yeah.
0: He's, he's the Good morning, my lady with the fedora.
2: So, <laughs> so you don't want to be this guy.
1: Yeah, if, if at any point during the night you find yourself outside of the bathroom that the woman you're talking to is using and you're knocking on the door asking if she needs any help or a drink or water or food, like, there's a problem. Like, yeah, you're, not, you're in not right You're spot. not doing this right.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: And the funny thing, man, I went to the gym today, New Year's Eve, and it was a couple of dudes in the gym. You know the guy, you know, I I I I admit when I was married and we went to the gym a couple of times together, you know, that was during a good part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. But you're not very productive working out with your girlfriend, you know. But
1: that's not the point. Yeah, I, I leave mine. Like I'm not about to be doing, like, butterflies and just like, no, no, I'm going to the bench.
2: (laughs) That's not the point that I want to make. I go to the locker room, and these dudes are lined up waiting for their girlfriend to leave the locker room gym (laughs) for them to leave. They're just
0: standing out there waiting. Like,
2: y'all suckers, man. Like, she's not going to – no woman wants somebody at her beck and call all the time. Like this one, uh, uh, I think uh, it's like I think it's Chloe and Haley or something. Yeah, you know what I'm talking, I'm talking about? about? Like she caught some flack because she said she she gave up the game. She said, "I don't want to know where my man is all the time. I want I want him to miss some calls or, or not respond to a text. I want to wonder, you know what I'm saying? But when you always there on the spot with a for a woman, they don't like that shit. And and that funny, and I bring that that brings me to an interesting point because. A lot of Drake's music early on was that emotional, wanting, simp ass type of music, you know. So he played to that fantasy that that women, but they don't
1: want that, you
2: know. It's kind of like
1: Drake's music is like he he is uh, actually and sonically light skinned. He's he's like the if. The, the the stereotype of light skin like when they say oh light skinned dudes take pictures like this or light skinned dudes close like light skinned dudes make music like Drake. <laughs> like so he he'll have yeah, that JJ Fish is fire yeah you're right yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> but like so he'll have that emotional uh Lovey dovey, like simpiness, but he'll also have that uh uh I'm the man now, like bitch, you ain't want me when I was down, so fuck you. Like uh-huh. he also got that 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 switch, the, the flips, the flips, like uh still same emotional, but like just a different side of it. Like, so like and Drake is the king of giving every uh type of music fan exactly what they want. Like three people could listen to a Drake album and hear three different things. Like I, me listening to Lord Knows Drake, if that's the kind of Drake I want, I it's enough in his catalog where I won't even know about the emotional Drake. I can just know about Lord knows and uh Kobe shooting in the gym like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that, that, so, that Drake.
2: Um so what we do on Anthropology is we, we're not gonna give you a play by play of the episode we just giving you our deep take on it, you know, as we mine and my culture. So as you are just talking about how Drake can be so many different things to so many different people that goes to work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody works harder than him. Obviously, if he's putting True. out that much content, yeah. it's that on point that yeah. many times. It doesn't miss. And, right. It doesn't miss. So, <clears throat> When I read the Wikipedia, it said that he said that he was her, he was Drake's grandfather, and um, he was great Drake's grandfather. And like when we watching it, you said Drake is Jewish, he can't be his grandfather. Right. But when Van says Drake must be Mexican,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he worked like a Mexican. He worked like a Mexican man. The, that's got to be the secret. You uh, know? Yeah, yeah. I a little Mexican
1: blood. You know?
2: So I mean, if you haven't seen that season two yet, I hope that's not a spoiler alert for you because we're not going chronically yeah. on this. We Turns just out, gave drink is music.
1: Mexican spoiler spoilers,
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> we 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 uh. So yeah, man. So that that's the backdrop of it. But you know, girls' night out, and he makes music for women for the most part, and dudes that get women, and you know that that's been always his tagline. So that's fitting that, <clears throat> that Drake is the backdrop of a girl's night out on a new year's Eve. right? <laughs> yeah. So now, you know, another point that, that came up to me was the whole notion of social media, which we did talk about a little bit, um, you know, so that's what you're going to see tonight. You know, people want to have the right fit, you know, be in the exactly. right spot to exactly. take this picture for new year's Eve, oh. you know, to see how many new followers they get how many likes they get because trust me that's a new year's resolution for some people how many likes and how many followers they
1: get on stuff right oh, so man. so i've seen that bro like i i've seen like over maybe the past three days to a week like i've seen people who have never done this like starting putting up twerking videos or like showing a little more like putting a whole bunch of hashtags over it it was like what, what the fuck is part what of what you just said made sense though I'm like yeah, trying right. to get their followers on
2: part of that is this you know we're we're in the third year we're approaching the 3rd year of this pandemic and it's it's not a it's not a health issue it's a it's a it's a political cultural issue now uh, that we're facing, so it's it's oh, never yeah, yeah. ending, right? I mean, but I'm just saying, like, it's yeah. not something that people are going to get over. It's it's True. something right. that's with us, right? So, so also with that, social media is something
1: that's with us, mm-hmm. you know, constantly. So, but yeah, I was watching uh, what what's that um, uh, like, don't look up that movie about yeah. the comic uh, coming, like, and uh, and this was just on the trailer, so it's not like a sport we're not, but like the lady was saying, uh. Yeah, dating through the pandemic has been tough. Like, so she's gotten on the dating apps, and she's only swiping on dudes who have masks. Mm. <laughs> so that that that's that that's part of the dating scene. Like, you you gotta find out somebody's like stance on the vaccination. Like, right? Do, do you think this is real? Do you think it's it's a it's a left wing hoax? Right? Like, yeah.
2: Know? So complicated questions. So, so yeah, so. Going back, you know, back chronically, going back to where we were time wise. So they get to they get to the party. Um, then you have yeah, the, the 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 lovely Gail Bean. Hey baby. You know, I know I talk a lot about about Ava DeVarne, mm-hmm. but you know, we on the outs, so you know, some availability <laughs> for you. get to ride that silky way.
0: But anyway, she uh,
1: played crackhead a little bit too good for my
0: Yeah, and like I was looking at some pictures. I was like, "Damn, was this one Walking Dead?" Ah, damn, you're stupid of a crackhead. So maybe not.
2: But that's how it goes. You show, you show them that vulnerability that hey, I'm one well with you, and then you what they do to the pick up our shit, you nag them. So
1: now they
2: want you. You know what I'm saying? Now they want you. So don't now, be
0: they, guy. yeah, <laughs> don't be the guy with the fedora and, and the fur with the fur scarf. <laughs> talk about you peacocking like yeah, no, 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 nobody likes that guy, bro. <laughs> but it works though. No, so yeah. it works for in-sales. Like it's better to be that than outsale. No. But okay, so Bean, I wasn't trying to nag you, baby. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do none of that. But anyway, let's get
2: back to this. You know, so they get there. She doesn't want to. You know, she doesn't want to take the edible or whatever. Um, I don't know why that that kind of stuck out to me. Of like, so what? What? I, what stuck out to me at that point? Um, is when you're dating a girl and she's, and she's and you meet her friends, like, they're Yeah, yeah,
1: like, when you meet her friends, like, think about it from the perspective of the simpy dude who, he was introduced, like, he met Van and then was immediately introduced to the old girl who was on the Animal. Like, so, like, now Oh, he, well, he
2: actually didn't meet her. They were looking for her.
1: Oh, he didn't meet her. Right, right. Like, so, but in, in, in that case, like, you're kind of not just when you're in a situation where you're approaching a girl, you talking to a woman and she's around her friends, like impressing her is important. But like the secondary thing is you got to appeal to the friends too. Cause like they will hate like in a second. So you always got to kind of be aware of that. Like, and the other thing is I've been in situations where I was interested in a woman and, Saw her friends and how she acted with them, and I was just like, "Nah, you know, I, I I'm good." <laughs> like, so like it, it goes both ways, but like, yeah, that's definitely a thing. And and part of that
2: of you got to be careful around the girl that you're interested in's friends is especially sadly around. Well, I only can speak to black experience because that's who I've dated mostly. Oh, you uh, see, wait,
1: like, real quick, just, just what you did right there—that that that was superb, and people don't do that enough. Like when you say you almost said, especially around black women. Sad to say, like you only dated black women. Like like that, that's the thing that these black dudes do who date exclusively white women. They're like, oh, I date white women because black women are. Right. Insert negative stereotype here. <laughs> but what I will say, like, I, you know, in, in those
2: situations, like you got to, because they it's this attitude of scarcity, which we're going to get into into the next scene. Mm-hmm. But of uh, you got to be on their good, to, good, good graces because they're going to talk about you behind your yep. back. To They're going to flirt with you. They're going to say, girl, I saw your, I saw your man with so and so. And a part of that is embedded into them is Bravo. Real Housewives, specifically of Atlanta, that's the only one I know because that's the only one that I've ever been in a room <laughs> with a woman that would act. She wants to watch that. It's Real Housewives of Atlanta or my mom or whatever. Your the, mom watches?
0: I would never hey, have guessed. So I what? would never so have guessed. What? Hey, so what? Sorry, mama. I can't <laughs> the back. Anyway, the, the, the
2: theme of that show, and I've seen enough of that on a cursory view, the theme of that show is a woman... Because none of them are married on that show. But so really? none of them are housewives, right? I didn't know that. Right. So the, the theme of the show is they find a man, and then the friends on the show tear that man down, <laughs> and then the relationship's over. Repeat. <laughs> so that's how a lot of, sadly, like, black women... not I shouldn't say black women. Just women, because it's probably in all the other seasons, too. But... the this is how women are sadly conditioned when they're in those kind of packs that they they they'll tear down a man like because I was in that situation where the women was like, oh hey, what's up? And then trying to flirt with me, and then oh that nigga can't keep a job, he ain't shit. Oh girl, I saw him out with so-and-so, or he was doing this. And that's that attitude of scarcity. And that leads me to the next scene. Um, they're at the party, like you said, she took the edible. Um, the dude was desperate about uh, Van, and you know Van was looking for an ad. Then the other friend would comes upon a black a black dude that she likes, some actor, some you know semi famous actor that's at a party, and he's there. Lo and behold, with a delicate, precious white snowflake flower yeah, really,
1: daffodil. That's exactly where I was headed. Like so, and this speaks to kind of the stereotype issue. Like uh, again. The, the backdrop of this is, is a simulation. None of this is real. This lady is staring. The, the black woman, Van's friend, is staring daggers at this white woman. Like, the guy gets up to go get a drink or whatever, and she's just staring at him, like, uh, 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 at the woman uncomfortably. Like, so the woman catches her eye a couple times. She said, yeah, ho, oh, I'm looking at you. So she gets into this, like, oh, yeah, um, I, white black man with a white woman, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm just sick of this story, like, and the, what what stood out to me was, it's a story that you think you know from looking at them, but like, that's the 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 crux of the problem, like, it's just a stereotype, because you have no idea this specific relationship story, like, you just know what it looks like from your vantage point, mm-hmm. like, so... You don't know any, and the and the lady kind of speaks to that, and it kind of goes back to an episode we did previously about uh, interracial dating, where we were talking about uh, Tay Diggs. Like everybody oh, right, knows, right? Yeah, Diggs? the squirrel yeah. episode. Exactly. Like so, uh, it. I don't know if y'all remember, but it was this um, Facebook post or whatever going around where it was all these dudes, all these famous black men and their white wives or whatever, and Tay Diggs was one of them, and. I was like, yeah, that, that's kind of that's fucked up that like all these famous black dudes have. what But like, how many famous black dudes are there? Like, what percentage of them have? What, like, it, it's you. You need a little more context. Like, and then I've looked at
2: Tay. Diggs but and, again, like with social media, it's not about context. It's exactly. about clicks. It's about outrage. It's, exactly. it's about how many followers. How many people will follow me and how many people will like me? And exactly. being followed and being liked ain't about being accurate, and having all the context at all. At all. <laughs>
1: right. So Proceed, like, sir. I'm looking at the Tate Dix ex- uh, example and find out like he's been with his wife since he was before he was famous, like when he was mm-hmm. like a theater nerd or whatever, like not yeah. making no money, like he met her they fell in love with happily ever after. Like, sharing pizza with...
2: slices and stuff. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like so and
2: and, and that's exactly so they they took that exact example yep. of the Tay dick situation actor that's probably this dude's probably in a lot of black stuff uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. like you know you have like that,
0: that's
1: the path when you're
0: a black actor you, you
2: have you'll be in a lot of tyler perry like yep. you know, like you have my man that was in power can't remember his name right now with a white wife right? oh yeah omari
1: hart <laughs> right. right
2: right exactly so that's their situation. She's like, I cook for
1: him. I clean for him. Yeah, maybe I mean, we're just two good people that found each other. Exactly. Maybe I add value to it's his life. Like, maybe that's the case. Like, And you can't argue with that, mm-hmm. but her reaction is, bitch.
2: <laughs> don't act like you don't know. See what's going on out here. But when you say, see what's going on out here, you're talking about your social media feed of the different things that you follow. And, oh, if you follow this, you're going to like that. And, oh, you're going to find friends of a like-minded environment. and creates this bubble where that's all you see. But she makes an interesting point because when we talk about racism, we talk about white supremacy, we talk about systemic racism. When we're talking about a system, it's in everything. It's not just, nigger, keep out of here. Or, hey, nigger, what you doing? Get it's out in, of my pool. It's music. <laughs> it's movies. And, you know, shout out to Raul Peck. We'll have you on. We'll, we'll love to have you on Anthropology do an interview with you. Um, but he does a great job of that, particularly in I Am Not Your Negro, uh, mm-hmm. which is a documentary about. No, uh, James Baldwin. No, Raul oh, Peck wait, wait, was the yeah, director. Yeah, uh, directed.
0: Uh, right.
1: But
2: it's about the, the James Baldwin work. Right. But what he points out is media points in in that during that time period of certain movies, certain certain television shows, because job James Bowen, I believe, posed the question, you know, like, why? Why is the white woman so desirable? The white woman so desirable because that's all you see on television. Right. That's all you saw in movies. That's what was put up there to be the, the main prize. But also with that, you have Birth of a Nation where they say. Don't give the black man freedom because he's going to get with the white woman, which is the prize. But right. the white woman was put up there as a red herring as like, hey, we're just going to put this out there to make it seem like you want this. And that evokes emotion the same way social media, the same way clickbait, the way sure. same way some random post does, but not have any actual fact. Right. So a point that she makes is Google beautiful woman. And what's going to come up? for Especially circa women. 2018. Yep. White, white women. women. Beautiful. Daffodil, pink toes. And I'm saying that sarcastically, but not insulting the white women. But that's just, you know. But well, go ahead, man.
1: Yeah, like, so th- that's a perfect example about how truth is, is relative. Like, because what the white woman said about her, the man was true. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I met him before. Like, he didn't get on and, Leave a black woman for me, like I—I I was the the one since back then. You, know, what but I'm you saying? know
2: who did though? You stay right, girl, and when he get on, he leave your <laughs> ass for a white girl. <laughs> so <laughs> the only
0: one who did that was Kanye West.
1: And they're Armenian, like they're, they're like the the the. Oh, here the you go, here you <laughs> go, <here laughs> go, Donald
0: Glover take. We go Donald Glover fan. We it's always going to happen. You never know when it's going to happen. Well, here's your challenge game for me, no fan boy
1: update. I only said that laugh. <laughs> Donald Glover he has this joke in his stand up that he dates like, and everybody knows Donald Glover dates white women. Like that's not a secret. But like he says he likes to date a black woman out of every racial group, like for Asians to be Filipino, for uh, white people to be Armenian, for this and to be that, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, yeah.
2: But then after that, he was dating a, a Russian. So what would Russians be of the white people? Ukrainian is black Russian, I would assume. Right, she wasn't Ukrainian out You think.
1: don't know
2: that. All right, well, it don't matter. we gonna edit that out. I don't care what kind he was dating. But, um, yeah, man. So, right. so, so they uh, both had interesting points. Exactly. You know, it both makes sense, and I mean, and
1: they're both right. Like it, but so here's the thing, though. Like, when you're using a stereotype to judge somebody who you've never had a conversation with, you you don't know. You, you're never in the right. Like mm-hmm. that, that. That that's not a good way to. You're that. That's an ignorant way to go through life. Like, oh, sure. Say. I know this person's story just by looking at them. You, you're always gonna come out bad doing that. Like yes. it, it's never a good look, but a lot, a lot of people do it. And she was doing it and ended up with egg on her face. Like the she came out of there looking stupid and she's just sipping her drinks.
2: But however, that dude, you know, you noticed at the end, like when she left, yeah. he went there was like sorry, sorry. right? Because. He, I guess he feels some guilt about. Like the Alfonso Ribeiro thing that's going on right now. Like they clowned a dog. Like, because he, he popped out and was like, how come I'm not respected in the black community or whatever, you know? And he's because he, his his wife looks like, like Amy Schumer or something. And his kids <laughs> look like they don't look like they're black at all. So people were clowning him because of his Christmas album photo or whatever.
0: Like, <laughs> I didn't see that. That's
2: sad because it's like. You make your decision, like, love who you love. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, like, this narrow-minded idea of, I have a friend of mine who's, like, her uh, her um, little brother or something dating a white woman. And okay. she's projecting all of this on him of, like, he, he hates himself. He hates his mama. He doesn't have any self-worth. Right. All these different things. Maybe
1: he just like her. Maybe they got uh, stuff in common, you know? So, yeah. We, I touched on this early, and I forgot what I said to get back to it. But, yeah, let's not act like those dudes ain't out there. Like, when you were saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, especially black women. No, I, I've only dated black women, so, like, all my experiences are coming from that. So, right. it, it's a difference in saying that, but then saying, no, all black women, because all the black women that I dated. So, all black women, are this, so I date this exclusively white women because they know how to treat them. Like, and you can date a white woman and not have that attitude that she's better than every black woman right. on just, Earth. You just, know what I'm just, we rock together. yeah, you know? I- Exactly. But those dudes do exist and they give uh, kind of meat to the beast that is if you date a white woman then you hate yourself and your right. mother and your your family and all that, like that. That it's like the the few fucking up. For, well, you know what? I'm not even sure what percentage that is. You know what I'm right. saying? Like,
2: I mean, that's a the the loudest voice when it comes to to that because that gets the most clicks. It, it gets the most you clicks, know? and that, that's so, what
1: everything is always about now. Getting the most clicks.
2: Yep. So, so going, you know, so there's that situation, and then from there. Um, it gets into what uh, a big theme of this episode, um, you know, like you mentioned around simulation. So, Bostrom's simulation mm-hmm. experiment, um, because Darius shows up in this episode, um, and he he mentions that the B- Bostrom's uh, um, experiment um, with the lovely Gail Bean, which uh, you know, I, I believe in second chances. You played the crackhead really well, baby, <laughs> but I believe in second chances, and I'm hit silky's here for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: so what's your thoughts on that experiment So, and, like, and simulation right,
1: basically what it's saying is future civilizations will have technology so advanced that, alright think about it like this like think of Mario the video game, the first Mario on Nintendo versus Grand Theft Auto right now Mario had little things running around blah 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 but Grand Theft Auto it has like people walking around living lives that are in this virtual city that are doing their own thing. You walk past, they'll say a couple things to you, blah, blah, blah. I gotta get to the bank, blah, blah, blah. But they're NPCs, non-playable characters or whatever. So, that's within 20, 30 years of art technology. Think what it'll be a thousand years down the road. Those NPCs (laughs) in Grand Theft Auto may have full-fledged lives, like that so much computing power in them that not only will they have their own lives and jobs that they go to and stay through for the whole day and come home to their family, but like they might even have like a, a sense of autonomy. They might be like have actual artificial intelligence. It's like that Rick and Morty
2: episode. Like remember I like that fake Dave and Buster's and he's playing that game of exactly. having cancer it, and it, then it's like, like a yeah. different life path.
1: You you do you live the whole life in. Three minutes. Like, think about one of the other characters in that game. Though They might have actual consciousness and self-awareness mm-hmm. and not realize that they're in a game. Like, they're just living their life. Like, they're an actual person. Or think, um, uh, what's the HBO show with the robots? Westworld. Or, or think Westworld. i never
2: really got into that. But, yeah,
1: that's kind of... But, yeah, out. like, they, they, they don't know they're robots. They think they're actual people. They just get reset or whatever. Like, so... The the thing about the simulation is if you take this a a thousand years or however long in the future, when they run these civilizations to see how it was in this particular time, it'll be so complex that we could be a person in the simulation and not realize it's a simulation. Like our entire lives, let's say 80 years, could really be a span of an hour. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it just feels like that because... It's how they code it. It's like it's nothing's real. Yeah.
2: Cause um and you had mentioned something, you know, when we were talking offline about the whole notion of video games. Cause I stepped away from video games, you know, early on in my life. So I don't play video games like you do. I'm not a fuck I'm not, you. <laughs> I'm not a 40-year-old teenager, I'm a man of wealth and taste. But you know, the whole cause when, when he mentioned simulation, my mind went to Sims, which is a video game. Um, but then, you know, we were talking about how video games, there's that sense of escapism. Um, you can live this alternate reality with no consequences. Um, but then also, not you have just this- the
1: alternate reality, though, but like, let's, let's say Sims or like GTA or, uh, world of Warcraft, like a, a role playing game where you're actually living a different life. Like then we get into like. Uh, the Matrix or like how The Matrix they said recently its an um, allegory for a trans person. Like you're in the real world, you this. But like in this world, you pick who you want to be. You know what I'm saying? Like it could be who you could have a different personality. You could have a different look. You could be a different gender, a different race, whatever. Like you pick who you want to be. And you're connecting with people who are doing the same thing and share a common a common goal or a common interest like so it's it's building a community like and that that sense of community building for the most part is like you see uh stories of people who like like kids who have cancer who are in wheelchairs and can't get out but like they have these a thriving uh group of people who oh, help right. them get through yeah. shit, like, right. like pe- people will actually come to their house and send them shit for their birthday, people who can't, like, uh, be physically disabled or whatever, like, so you see that type of thing, but there's also a negative side right. of it. like, you get your Call of Duties where everybody, like, you getting called a nigger if you play Call of Duty on Xbox, <laughs> like, Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then, like, you take that to the, the next logical step, and because it's the worst, it's like the worst, that worst, just straight competitive. Like, th- th- And those people aren't really typically uh, considered gamers. It should be like people, they play Call of Duty Madden. Like you, s-
2: you just, you just touched on something very interesting. You mentioned this whole part, this altruistic part of building a community. Uh-huh. You got this disease and you got people that support you, sure. that kind of aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the other positive of, you know, escapism, whatever, you know, and building like you say community. But then you enter in the competitive part. Exactly. Social media is competitive. Exactly. You that's know, what i was term- Oh damn! My bad. Oh
1: no, you you good, you good. Because then you get like the the Call of Duties and the Mags and the Two Ks are of the most profitable games because it's direct competition. Is right. Like so, like that's getting the most clicks, just just like social media, like the algorithms. Have long ago determined that rage and a perpetual sense of anger is the best way to keep somebody motivated to coming back to your product, to your product.
2: So, and nobody understands this any better than than uh motherfucking Zuckerberg man, yeah. motherfuckerberg dog,
0: <laughs> motherfuckerberg.
2: <laughs> this dog got me because he, he killed it with with Facebook. And now exactly what you mentioned Uh with alternate realities and simulation and the social media social media aspect is this meta shit. This metaverse shit. And everybody's hopping on it. You go on social media, you see people talking about NFTs. You Uh see people talking about how they enter in the metaverse, this brand's in the metaverse, or concert in the metaverse.
1: Like why why just call somebody a nigger through text? When you can have an actual representation of your face flipping them off and calling them a nigger. Or you can have a jumbo crowd and yeah. say, hey,
0: that nigga Billy have his face up there is a nigger. And you can do that in the metaverse. You can do that so easily. You can make a stadium and just everybody chatting nigger as some dude. You can do that, right? That's, that's the metaverse I, shit. I, I think that's why they're making it. That's
1: why. And absolutely. So it's only like it's just imagine going to the Charlottesville uh Clan rally from the comfort of your own living room. Like you could you you have your own clan rope. Everybody gets a clan rope. I'm assuming those things are expensive and hard to come by. Yeah, just just digitally make it. Like not. Visually? Yeah, your right. avatar got a clan rope.
2: you 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 can pick an avatar of a clansman on the Grand Theft Auto version <laughs> of in the metaverse.
0: <laughs>
2: so. So yeah, man. So there's there's that aspect of you know the, the simulation part. So then it goes into um he she's down she oh yeah you had mentioned something around Darius knowing the chef and that the dude that's in the basement is actually oh, the yeah, chef. Yeah, that, that's neither here nor there yeah. but like
1: I, I was thinking like it I, it just clicked to me because um when she found out like and that was the thing like they they were there they were trying to get a picture with Drake. Like that, that, that was the whole point of them going. They wanted to get a picture with Drake to post. It, it wasn't to go to the party. It, wasn't, it was to rub in face. I'm at this party and I got a picture with Drake. Come to find out that was everybody's plan. Everybody wants to get a picture with Drake for the gram or whatever.
2: And guess what? There was a there was a need and uh supply was and met supply that demand. demand. <laughs> so she, you know, just backing up just a little bit. You know, we're, we're towards the end of this episode, but she's confronted with the exact opportunities she was looking for. <laughs> but she wanted it to happen in some magical way. And they question, they checked her on that, like, oh, you thought you was going to meet Drake here and have a meaningful combo? Right.
0: No, you were going to meet him, ask for a pic, <laughs> post it on Instagram. Here you go.
1: It was a cutout.
0: It was a cardboard
1: cutout of Drake. But it was real to everybody uh, else. Like, it, was, it was realistic enough that you could get it off, apparently. And like she was looking, like looking at her, so like, oh, uh, you could tell her the baby. And then she went and got in line to take the picture. But, oh, wait, I don't know if they showed it. I don't think she actually did the yeah, picture. It, it, it was over to
0: interpretation.
1: So, you know, so. So look, when, when she when, found out Drake wasn't there, it was because she. Met the dude like kind of in the basement. He was in his own little area. Oh right, exactly. And she he he spoke Spanish like so she couldn't understand him, but like a few words like she he she said Drake. She was looking for Drake. He pointed to his calendar and it had like two weeks uh, blacked out and said European tour. Mm-hmm. So on that calendar, like I saw that it, it was like a soccer player's calendar or whatever. Like so right. it, it fast forward to the end of the episode where they were explaining how Darius got in. He was like, Oh, yeah, you know, I know Drake's personal chef or whatever. Um, we used to play pickup soccer together. So I'm like, Oh, okay, like maybe maybe that guy was the chef who she thought was his grandfather because he said Abuelo
0: mm-hmm.
1: could have been in a completely different context. Right. Who knows? Like, she we just we better. were
2: just at Total Wines and More, and there was a liquor named Abuelo,
1: right? right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Straight's grandpa, <laughs> <laughs> I'm off. I'm off that abuelo. So he probably was saying, "Quit talking to me. I'm drunk. I'm off the right. abuelo. <laughs> I'm going off the abuelo."
0: Hey yo, excuse, hey, excuse me. <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> yo, but man, so yeah, that's it. That that brings us to the end of the episode. But uh, they 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 made an interesting point with that cardboard cutout because. Like, you know, you'll find out, man, you know, we, we doing big things, man. Silkman, Silkman, Silkman. We headed out to Jamaica in a month or so, oh, but man, I was, wait. I was late to get my passport and they were saying I might not get it. So I was like, what do I do if I don't get my passport? She was the, the post office lady said, just heat your house up real high. Get you, make yourself a nice drink and sit in the chair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn, she said she said. Yeah, she said that to me. <laughs> but if
0: I would have did that, I would have got me a cardboard cut out of Jamaica behind me and put that on the ground. <laughs> Was Drake gonna be there? No, nah,
2: I ain't worried about Drake. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm worried about Gail B seeing like, oh, he's doing big things. He in Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, so yeah, this has been another episode of anthropophagy where we mind and mind culture. It's your boy, the Silk Man, Else Doso, Leon de Soie, Air Silky, Champagne Silk in the building with my compadre as always. It's
1: your boy, Louis Newton, the People's Champ, the resident Rizzo of the podcast, keeping the shit together. I pulled out the pie when we was out of options. The pod father, y'all know who it is. <laughs> we out. Stay Peace. peace.